the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. <clears throat> Let us pray. Our precious Father, we just want to thank you for what we are celebrating today. Today started the greatest event in human history. Today started the transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Today started your victory over all the powers, spiritual powers that were against us. We worship you, we exalt you. As we share, trust you to give us revelation so that today is not just calling it Good Friday, but that we benefit from what he paid for us to have. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. You see, what happened today that we're celebrating, of all the miracles that God did, all that that Moses did, all that of dividing the Red Sea, they were all first quarters. They were simply physical. He didn't, he didn't set man free from sin. He didn't bring forgiveness of sin to man. He didn't, he didn't change anything for man, for mankind. It's what we're celebrating today that is the greatest demonstration of God's power. Where God took on the spiritual powers. Moses and the, no, that's not, these were are just physical things. But on the cross, God took on all the spiritual powers arrayed against mankind. First of all, through his love, he overcame them. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For what? They don't know what it is. That's love. Against all the hatred the devil was pouring on him. All the insult they were pouring on him. The man by him, he said to the man, today you'll be with me in paradise. Forgiveness for a man. They were insulting him and he was dying for them. We saw the victory of love. God is love. And love never fails. Over wickedness of the devil. Of, of the, of the, they gave him the worst they could. But the love of God overcame them all. Then in the grave where he rose, the scripture tells us that's one of the demonstrate, greatest demonstration of divine power that God raised Jesus from the dead. And through this, all the powers, spiritual powers of hell were completely defeated, never to recover from it. This is the greatest miracle of all times. What God did on the cross through Jesus Christ. That's what we're celebrating. So today I want to talk to us about the cross is the revelation of God's unconditional love. It's the revelation of God's what? I want to hear you. God's what? Unconditional love. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. You see, God's love is practical, not just words. Love like faith is expressed in action. Love without action does not exist, just like faith without action 
does not exist. 1 John 3, 18. Say, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. That won't do. Let's show the truth by our actions. So God's love motivates his grace. I want you to listen to me, please. Listen to me. Everybody here believes in the power of God. But not everybody believes in the message of God. Listen to me. God's love motivates his grace. And his grace is manifested through his compassion and his mercy. Love is action. God's love motivates his grace to give you what you don't merit. And that grace is manifested in practical action called mercy and compassion. So the practical component of divine love is his mercy, which is the practical things God does in demonstration of his grace. What is compassion or mercy? You know, compassion and mercy, they are the same words. I'm going to read this from a, a Christian, Christian website. It's called Releasing Children from Poverty, Compassion in Jesus' Name. Their website is compassion.com. The meaning of compassion is to recognize the suffering of others. That's the meaning of compassion is to recognize the suffering of others and then take action. See, it's, it's action. That's what mercy is. It's action. Take action. Compassion embodies a tangible expression of love for those who are suffering. Tangible. Doing something. The component of action is what separates compassion from empathy, from sympathy, from pity, from concern, from condolence, sensitivity, tenderness, commiseration, or any other compassion synonym. What separates mercy from all of them is that it goes ahead and does something. I can sympathize with you, empathize with you. I may not take action. So compassion gets involved when others keep their distance from those who are suffering. For God so loved the world, he got involved. Compassion prompts us to act on their behalf. The Merriam-Webster dictionary says sympathetic consciousness of others. That's what compassion or mercy is. Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. Do something. So our salvation is God performing his mercies, performing his compassion, alleviating human suffering. Motivated by his love. So he gives mankind what mankind does not merit. And the practicality of it is called his mercy or his compassion. So in Luke chapter 167, we can see it right there. It says, And his father Zachariah was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he had visited, he's talking about Jesus now, he has visited and redeemed his people and had raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, verse 71, that we should be saved from our enemies, from the hands of all that hate us, 72. Can we read 72 together? I want to go. To perform what? The mess. It's performance. It's activity. It's action. 
is love being put into action. That's what, that's what, mercy, that's what compassion is. He said, now God is performing the mercy. Our salvation is performance of divine mercy. Promise to our who? Fathers. And to remember his curriculum. That's what it is. In Ephesians 2, 4, but God is so rich in mercy. So rich in mercy that he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he did something. Remember, mercy, compassion is action. It's the practicality, it's the dimension of action of grace. So, even though we were dead because of our sins, he saw it and he alleviated it. He gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, he, alleviated, he saw that we were dead, we were in trouble. His grace, his love motivated his grace and his compassion brought activity. He gave you something to alleviate that situation. And because it's grace, you don't merit it. He just gave it to you. And Lamentation 3.22 says, it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not what? Consumed. Because his compassions, see, mercy, compassion, descended. His compassions fail not. Love does not fail. His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Then great is thy faithfulness. My brothers and sisters, what the devil has hid from the church is the knowledge of divine mercy. God is merciful, compassionate, for he is loved by nature. First John 4, 8. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is what? It's love. Micah 7, 18. Who is a God like unto thee? that pardoned iniquity and passed by transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He restrained not his anger forever. He retained not his anger forever because he delighted in mercy. In practical way to alleviate what you cost yourself. He delighted in mercy. 19. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. That's what Jesus did. Psalm 145 verse 8. The Lord is gracious and full of what? Compassion. Slow to anger and of great Psalm 25, verse 10. All the paths of the Lord, all the paths of the Lord are what? Mercy. That's why the devil has it from the church. I'm telling you the truth. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. God, yes. God, because of his nature, he yearns. To do something practical to alleviate you of your trouble. He yearns. That's what mercy does. He, he is motivated by his nature. God yearns to show great mercy to you and to me. 
He yearns to take action to help us out and alleviate our suffering. He is yearning for it. Let me show us an illustration. You know the last time we had a storm? How many of you were here? Were you in Texas? The last time we had a storm. You were not here? Why are you looking at me? Were you not here when storm nearly carried you? What was the name of the storm? You have forgotten the name. Huh? Sandy. I don't know how they find beautiful names for something that destroyed homes. You know, I was in front of my house. This thing, I've never seen anything like that. This thing was going like, oh my, the force, the force was incredible. I've never seen anything like that. God's yearning to heal you, to help you, it's like that. It's like that, it's like that yearning with such great divine force that he wants to reach you and alleviate you. But you know that, you know that storm. You know all that water, with all that force. It will want to go into somewhere. They will damn it and redirect it. We do that. Second Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Can you imagine this? To show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. God is looking for, he's yearning, it's like that's water, yearning to come and do something. It's, it's, it's eager. Are you following me? The eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Matthew 14, 14. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. And he had what? Come on, church. He had what? Compassion on them. What did he do? And he healed us. Practical. He did something. He didn't empathize. He wasn't showing just empathy. No. He showed mercy. Practical. He healed them. Matthew 12, 7. But if you had known what this minute. I will have, what will I have? And not what? He said, I'm more interested. He yearns to show me. People, he does. That's what God does. Even Jesus announced it. He said, what I came to do is to unleash divine mercy. To unleash divine mercy. In Luke chapter 4, verse 19, to proclaim the acceptable Accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and free favor of God is profusely abound, profusely abound, profusely abound, profusely, not lip, not, no, no, in profusely abound. That's why the devil is hiding from the church. Profusely abound. Easy to read version said, and to announce that the time has come for God to show his kindness. The other translation said, announce the year of God's favor. If we are in it, so why am I not seeing it? 
Let me share with us some things that damn that move, that mercy of God in our lives. F.F. Bosworth was somebody that God used 100 years ago in the ministry of healing. And he was saying that the moment he realized that when Christians understand the mercy of God, they all got healed. He said, oh God, he said, he said, he said, they believe in the power of God. Everybody believes that God heals now. Who doesn't believe that God heals? He said, we believe in the power of God, but he didn't bring them healing until they started to see his mercy. He said, the moment I started teaching them about the mercy of God, there was mass healing. You know, I had a personal experience. I had terrible pain, and I was using scripture to resist this thing. I mean, it was getting worse. I said to the Lord, I said, I don't know how I got last about this thing. It's really getting worse. And the Lord said to me, and it's not going anywhere. I said, really? He said, it's going nowhere. It's not going anywhere. He said, because you see, you're now a, a big man of faith. Heal yourself, let me see. He said to me, it's of the lost mercy, you are not what? He was pointing me to this truth about 12 years back. And after that, I didn't study I didn't understand it until two weeks back. He said to me, go and study my miss. Do a study on my miss. I didn't get it. I did it. Twelve years I didn't. And F.F. Boswell said, place yourself where God's mercy can reach you without violating his moral principles. And see if his mercy will not resolve your issue. If he's, he's eager, he wants to do it. He wants to alleviate it. He wants to take action. As he did it in Christ. He said, put yourself where you, that thing can reach you. And see if that thing will not be resolved because of his mercy. Because it's of the lost mercy we are not consumed. Without violating his moral principles. So number one thing that we damn the mercy of God is that we must note this. The mercy of God does not celebrate evil, does not promote iniquity, for all the ways of God are holy. In exercise of his mercy, God will not violate his holy nature, for God does not change. You cannot associate divine mercy with iniquity, with sinfulness, with it. No, no. Because God is holy in all he does, including showing mercy. In showing mercy, he can't promote evil. His mercy are for those who are ready to receive his forgiveness and his new life, which is offering humanity in Christ. But those who reject it, they'll pay for their... I mean, they deny themselves the opportunity. So God's mercy does not promote iniquity, does not promote... No, because God is holy in all his ways. Psalm 145, verse 17. Let's read it, everybody. The Lord is what? Righteous in what? All his ways. And holy in all his works. So you can't associate divine love with iniquity. That's what the devil is trying to sell the world. You can't. First Corinthians 13, 6. The love of God rejoiced not in iniquity. Doesn't rejoice in iniquity. But rejoiced in truth. The love of God is to... Iniquity is what is destroying you. His activity of love is to deliver you from that thing that is destroying you, not to push you into it. 
the grace of God that brings salvation appears to all men. Instructing us to deny iniquity. You can't use God's love as excuse and say it's God's no. No. God is holy in all his ways, even in exercise of mercy. So when we reject his forgiveness and the correction is giving us to pull us out of our problem, we, are, we damn his mess. We damn his mess. You, he, God is teaching you, teaching you, stop doing this, doing this. You still keep doing that. You are damning his mercy. Because one day you get to where you are going. Number two. Evil heart of unbelief will rob you of God's mercy. Just like those who, re, who will not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They will not receive his mercy of salvation. So when you walk in unbelief, you will not believe his word. You are damning it. You are blocking it. Hebrew 3.12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of what? Unbelief. What does he do? In departing from the... Yeah, you are departing from his mercy. You are not going towards it. You are departing from his mercy. And let me show us the cure for that unbelief. Acts chapter 10, verse 33. Immediately, therefore, that's Cornelius talking. Therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. He sent for Peter. Say, you have done well, they have come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God? Listen to this one. To hear. If you don't want to hear God, you're not, you not ready for his mercy. So to hear all things that are commanded of God. We want to hear it. That's the first action of mercy is that God brings you his word. He sent his word to heal you and to deliver you. But if you don't want to hear it, you are denying yourself of his mercy. Cornelius said, we are here to hear. We want to hear. Church, I don't know how many Christians really care about the word of God. I was saying it yesterday. That discipleship is not sitting down and loading yourself with information. Discipleship is when you study, you go and let that word guide you. And discipleship, practical discipleship is following the instructions of Jesus. Being led of the Holy Spirit. That's how you disciple. A disciple is not somebody who quotes scripture. He's not interested in, in, in letting it guide him. That's not discipleship. Acts 10 44. Why Peter yet spake these words? The Holy Ghost fell. You see? Because they were, they were listening. The word was going in, that word was sent to do something. To bring them salvation, it was going in. And God saw it, that it has taken root. This is not, let me pray for you, say, forget it. God saw their heart, that I received this truth. He baptized them with the Holy Spirit. The blessing came down. What caused it? Want to listen to what you're saying. People come to church, they don't listen. They think they are listening for pastor. You're wasting your time. Job said that whoever does good is doing it for himself. You're wasting your time because you're blocking the mercy of God. Because the word being sent to you is to heal you and to help you. I remember a young, young, young boy, brother, Pastor Brown, Brown, something was preaching to us. My wife and I were sitting in front. That boy was preaching. 
My wife got healed. Just listening to that thing. No prayer, no. People get healed listening. I'm not kidding. Tremendous miracles take place. Listening. Your life can, God can implant wisdom in you that can transform you to where you never dreamt all your life. Listening. But they say, whom they, those that the gods want to destroy, what do they do? Close their ear. Proverbs 4.20. My son, attend to my words. Incline their ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are issues of life. If we're not ready to listen, incline our ears. That word of mercy. Word of grace that was sent to you. You block it from achieving what God sent it to do. Your life. It's just as simple as that. See, the words of his grace is what gives you all the blessings of God. All this action of mercy is what gives it to you. Acts 20, 33, 32. I'm reading TPT. And so now I entrust you into God's hand and the message of his grace, which is all that you need to become strong. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of his grace. But you won't listen. You won't hear. You're waiting for a miracle or anointing. You won't hear. Nothing is more anointed than the word of God. Because God is his word. God exalted that word above all his name. Nothing. The spirit of God was hovering over this void. Nothing happened on the God's book. Until that word came. The Bible talk of Joseph, he said, until the word came and released him. Jesus says, see this truth, when you know it, set you free. But we don't care, we don't want it. No, we don't want it. All the, many of you who come to this church, all this Bible study series, you don't care. If you don't care, you don't care for the benefit we give you too now. God is done his part. You are blocking his message because you don't care, because you think you don't need it. If you don't need it, so why should God bother you? Be wise in your own eyes and be doing what you like. All God's blessings are imparted through the message of his grace. Can't you hear that? Message of his grace. Which he provides as the spiritual inheritance given to all his holy ones. Number three. I told you that God is yearning. Eager to alleviate us. And, to, and he did it in Christ anyway. But look at one of the things that we damn the grace of God is receiving this grace in vain. Let me tell you what this scripture means. And I got this understanding <laughs> only recently too. Because I used to preach it differently. Until the Lord said to me, say, this, this, this is what that thing means. He said, what it means is those who receive the message of grace through our Lord Jesus Christ, the message has been given to them, instead of receiving it by faith, they think that their own good works will replace the grace of God that is in Christ. He said, to receive that grace in vain is that the word of grace is being preached to you. You are hearing it. But at the end, you want to replace the grace with your own works when it is work of mercy. You block the mercy 
with your own, your own good works, you block it and it won't work. They have received the grace, the message of grace in vain because it will not benefit them all. They, they have neglected the help he has sent through Jesus Christ. They have neglected the message he showed them through Jesus that while they were yet sinners, Christ died for them. It was not why they were good that Jesus died for them. It was why they were yet sinners. Second Corinthians 6, verse 1. We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Verse 2. For he said, he's explaining it. I have had thee in the time of accept, at the time accepted, and the day of salvation, I have succored you, and I have sent you help. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, behold, now is the day of salvation. He the day of salvation, I have sent you help. I have sent you help. My grace, my grace, my grace in Christ was sent to you while you were yet sinners. While you were yet sinners. While you were enemies of God in your heart. Jesus stood there and said, Father, forgive them for what? They know what they are doing. It's my love that motivated me to do that. And the practicality of it is my grace that I'm sending to you. But you won't take it. You want to push my grace aside and present me your good works to save you? A man born in iniquity? Galatians 5, 4. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Number C, the mercy of God is not earned. So if you try to earn it, you block it. It's mercy. You can't earn it. Luke 6, 35. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For his kind, this is God, his kind to those who are untanceful and wicked. So they're not, they, it's not and. It's not and. 36. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Compassion, compassion, merciful. He is compassionate. He, he, he yearns to alleviate human suffering. He did it in Christ. That's what we are celebrating today. But if all this yearning and thing he did in Christ, we come in and go the same way, nothing changes. What's, what have we, what's the use now? Now, let me take us to prayer. It says for us in Hebrew 4, 14. If you are following me, shout hallelujah. In Hebrew 4, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet with us in. 16. Let us therefore come, what? Unto where? God says, what is raining now is my grace. That's what Paul wrote. That sin rained before. Until Christ came and grace is raining. He said, my throne is a throne of grace. That you may obtain what? I didn't hear you. Obtain what? See what I'm telling you? The devil blocks us from there. 
we talk about how powerful God is, but we're not experiencing it. Because what God is acting in your life is mercy. And the moment you realize it's mercy, you will embrace everything. Nothing will stop you. Nothing will stop you. Nothing. God says, you come to my throne of grace. Grace is reigning now because Jesus is reigning. Grace is bigger than your sin. Grace will set you free. Grace will heal you. Grace is bigger than all your problems. Divine mercy is of the Lord's mercy. You are not consumed. And his mercy faileth. You may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 12, 24. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks forgiveness, instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Speaks forgiveness. Or as I'm talking to you, the blood is speaking forgiveness on your behalf. On your, why? God, yes, He's doing everything he can do to bring you alleviation. Why? He loves you. His grace is working. He wants to perform his mission in your life. Let's say an example of two people who want to pray. One came seeking mercy. One came seeking reward for his good works. And it's still happening. Luke 18, 9. And he spake this parable unto certain, quit trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And despised others. Two men went in, up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed, tossed with himself. God, I thank thee that I'm not as the other men are. You know, and they call themselves Christians. I'm not like them. They are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican that is in our church. If you know her, she's a troublemaker. Anywhere she goes, trouble. You're pointing one finger. How many are pointing to you? Because the real troublemaker is you. I, I was telling with Chuka. I said, Chuka, I said, when I see people do things to me, it reminds me of me. I said, because I see that I do those things to people. I said, do you know you can hurt people you love? You can hurt people you love. I said, we shouldn't be taking what people do to heart. Because we do the same. Except the Lord keeps you. You will do things that will shock you. I'm telling you. Don't, I said, don't, don't take things. I said, we are sharing now. Me and Chuka, we have service all the time. The only thing, it doesn't bring offering. We have service. <laughs> we, I love that boy. We really share. You know, we're awesome. You know. He says, the Pharisee stood and prayed to us with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as the other men. I don't want to be associated with them in this church. I'm telling you, pastor. Them and isn't that what we're reading? And Jesus came down to where you are iniquity and associated with you. 
But you Why won't you know the normal standard, Pastor? Mm, I'm highly lifted above all human beings. Now I'm a class. Pastor, do you know what you're talking about? They're not in my class. <laughs> That's a small name, they call it pride. I'm not like the other men, no. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers. Even this man, Lord, let me tell you what I do. I fast twice in the week. I give thanks to all of all that I possess. And the publican stand. This is he's presenting his resume so that God will reward it. He's not seeking for mercy. He has blocked divine mercy. It won't work for him. Now let's see the other man who came. And the publican standing afar off will not even lift up as much as his eye unto heaven, but smooth upon his breast, saying, God, be what? Merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you. Now, Jesus told us, told us what happened. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exhausted himself shall be abased, and he that has humbled himself shall be exalted. See how we block the mercy of God? Because we exalt ourselves. How good we are. How much I pray. How much I fast. And you think God is impressed with all of that? If he's impressed, why did he send you Jesus? Why you are yet sinners? Then some of them think, 12 midnight you wake up. You turn to the right, turn to the left. <laughs> is that what brings the mercy of God? And yet God says, if the Lord's mercy is you are not, uh, it's not your ritual. I, Jesus said, I came to bring you profound mercy and grace from what I did on the cross. Then number four, those who neglect or forget all his benefits or works of mercy are not in a place where they can experience his mercy. Hebrew 2, therefore, we ought to give the more honest heed to the things which we have heard. See, the things which we have heard, we, not, we need to give heed to them. Lest at any time we should let them sleep. You go home, meditate on these things, then study them. You don't want them to sleep because they're acts of mercy that God has sent to you until it, it, it gets into your spirit and takes root. Uh, my, my mentor told, talked about one, one woman that has very terrible sickness. He was praying for this one. And the woman was not healed. And then he, he said, after six months or something, the woman called him and said, he said, guess what, Kenneth? He said, what? He said, I'm healed. So I got it on my own feet. He said, that thing you were teaching that I, I got the tape. I, I was listening to it nonstop for six months. So after six months, it's like I realized, oh, wait a minute, this is truth. Immediately I realized that, I realized that that scripture left me. Six months. And that's what God says. Meditate on this thing day. Oh, we won't. We meditate on television, internet. Is that what will bring your healing? Internet. Talk, 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 talk. Call, call, everywhere. Socialize everywhere. Forget everything. Therefore, we ought to give the more honest heed to the things which have been heard. How have you given more honest heed to what you've had? How? 
lest at any time we should let them sleep. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and the, every transgression and disobedience received the just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect? If we neglect so great salvation, which our face began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that had. If we neglect the message of his grace, the gospel, if you neglect, what other way of escape do you have? James 1.25. Are you following me? Huh? If you are here, shout hallelujah. Am I too harsh? So I want to repent if I'm too harsh. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. James 1.25. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he also continue in the word. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you will know it. Then we will set you free. And continue therein, he be not a forgetful hearer. A forgetful hearer, a won't walk. But a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And David said in Psalm 103, 1 to 5, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his soul in him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. All what? Don't forget them. If you do, you, you miss it. So the answer to this thing is Colossians 3.16. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. That's what I was saying yesterday. That if you love yourself, entrench yourself in the guidance of his spirit. My brothers and sisters, if you want to walk in victory, don't be wise in your own eyes. Let God guide you. The Bible said, he said, don't be unwise, but find what the will of God is. Always find what his will is. Always say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Be a fool. You don't know tomorrow. You don't know anything. He said, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives you. That's what you use. No human wisdom. No. no. So the death on the cross qualifies us for divine mercy. Romans 9.23 And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. We are vessels of mercy. Which he had afore prepared unto glory. We are vessels of mercy. Colossians 1.12 Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his, the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, through his blood, through his blood. We saw it through his blood. He gave us redemption. He gave us forgiveness of sins. And the forgiveness of sins, he said he, brought, he qualified us because of the blood. Jesus said, I've come to establish a time of divine favor when it is profusely available to you. So we, like the early church, we can put our faith in the love of God. Can I hear amen? First John 4, 16. We know how much God loves us now. 
We understand his mercies. We never depart from me. Never. Ah, people, when things come to me by the grace of God, I just laugh. I say his mercy will never depart from me. It's of the Lord's mercy, you can't consume me. He yearns to sit, help me out. He's, he's eager. He, he qualified me in Christ. What else can you do? The Lord is with me. Why shall I fear what men can do? I trust in his mercy. I trust in his compassion. His compassion fell not. Cannot fail. You can't overcome me. His compassion fell not. It has worked for me all the time. It has worked all the time. We know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. Why is your trust? I <laughs> say we know how much he loves us. Our trust is in his love. Not in us. In anything. But his love. His love. Lamentations 3, 22. I want us to read it together. That's why I close. It is, let's go, one, two, go. It is of the lost mercies that one comes. Stop there. It's the love mercies you are not consumed by sickness. You're not consumed by sin. You're not consumed by anything. You are not consumed by anything. What The Bible calls it mercies. Blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus, son of David, have what? mercy on me. He saw that healing was one of the mercies of God. And he appealed to it and Jesus stopped. Jesus stopped. So yeah, I came to establish divine mercies. We read about the, the okay, let's, let's read it. Lamentations 3.22 It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not what? Because his compassion fell not. They are what? New every morning. Great is, I want you to rise up with me. Rise up, everybody. Rise up with me. I want to lift up your hand and begin to worship him. And say, Lord, it's because of your mercy I'm not consumed. Because of your mercy, you healed me. You qualified me in Christ to enjoy your mercy. To enjoy your alleviation you brought to me. Practical help is healing. Practical help, if you are sick, is healing. He yearns to heal you. He yearns to set you free, child of God. That's why he laid your sickness on Christ. That's why he laid it on Christ. He doesn't want you sick one more minute. That's what we are celebrating. He wants you free. He doesn't want you bound by pornography. He doesn't want you bound by pornography, child of God. He set you free in Christ Jesus. The Lord's mercy, the Lord's mercy abounds. It abounds in this minute. Anybody here can be healed in this minute. Come on, worship him and glorify him and claim the benefit of his mercy. It's of the Lord's mercy we are not consumed. There's no other reason we are not consumed. It's the Lord's mercy. He sent you his mercy. The work of grace fulfilled in Christ. So that our celebration today, we bring him glory, bring him testimony. He paid for it.
They say we put our faith, our trust in his love. Why didn't they put it in his power? Everybody believes in the power of God, but not everybody believes in the love of God.